Aloha Mission Church. What a beautiful day it is to come together and worship the Lord. Children, you are dismissed to go to Sunday school. I didn't even have to look at my notes for that. I knew it was coming. Anyway, good. Today um, is Labor Day weekend. Obviously, you guys know that because you guys probably have great plans for uh, today and tomorrow is a day off. Which incidentally reminded me of something, you know, last week I shared with you um, a top 10 oxymoron list. I think we can add Labor Day to the top 10, right? It's a Labor Day where we take a day off. But um, I, I, I thought about today's message a while back knowing that it was going to be on Labor Day. And, and I wanted to bring a message that kind of fit the day. It fit the day that we have today. And so um, today um, my, my sermon was going to be called The Stewardship of Labor, because of Labor Day weekend. And then I thought maybe a better name for it would be The Stewardship of Service, cause, uh, or A Stewardship of Work. And then I, I, I ended on The Stewardship of Service. That's the name of my, uh, my sermon today. But, but those words are kind of interchangeable, and um, The Stewardship of Service just rolls off the tongue pretty well. And this is the last um, sermon that I'm, I've prepared in this series on stewardship. And I remember the last time I finished a, a sermon series um, when I was talking about ecclesiology. I was meeting with some of the young adults in the church. And, um, and we were doing updates on our lives and they were talking about the jobs they were getting in the school and everything. And when it came to me, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have much of an update. So I said, this Sunday is going to be the last Sunday in my sermon uh, series in ecclesiology. And then one of the young adults said, well, it's about time. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm not going to say his name to embarrass him, but his initials are JD. <laughs> um, so as this is my last sermon on stewardship. Go ahead, give it to me. <laughs> as this is my last message on stewardship, I hope you don't feel like it's about time, but instead, I hope you have resonated in your heart with the beautiful message of what it means to be good stewards of all that God has given to us. Because from the very beginning of this sermon series, that's been the central focus of what I have tried to preach and, 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 and bring to you, and that is the understanding that stewardship is not just about giving back to God what we have. Stewardship is, first of all, understanding that everything we have comes from God. And so, when we understand that everything we have comes from God, we're not just talking about the material possessions of our lives. We just receive the tithes and offerings. We're not talking about, about our, our money or our cars or our homes. Anything material, those things are all gifts from God for sure. But one of the things that we forget or we may not consider is that even the intangible things of our lives are gifts from God as well. Everybody take a, take a good deep breath. Ready? Good. The very air we breathe is a gift of God. That we have life in our, in our breath. And that is why in, in Psalm 150, it says, 
everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Because that is a gift of God. We should praise God for the gifts that he gives to us. So the breath that we breathe, the time that we have, right? We all have the same amount of time for each day. And how we use it and what we do with it is a beautiful message of stewardship to God. The skills that you have, the passions of your heart and life, you know what they all are? They're all God's gift to us. And we are called to be good stewards of everything. And so today, we're going to talk about labor, work, and service. Because those are also gifts to us from God. And, and what I'd like to do is, is go back to the very, very beginning. And so, if you have your Bibles, and you open it up to Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2... We find God's plan and purpose that, that we also be engaged in work of service to God. God's plan for us from the very beginning was that after he created humanity, that Adam would work with God to care for creation. That's what the Bible tells us. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. The very first act of stewardship was a stewardship of service to the Lord. That, Ab- uh, that, that, that Adam was given this great privilege to partner with God, to serve God and work in the garden that God had created. Not, not, and, and, and I want you guys to know this, that God didn't just say, okay, You go do your work, and I'll watch you. (laughs) It wasn't like that at all. But that God meant for Adam to partner with him, to include God in the work that he was to do to care for the garden. And as I have said many times before, that God's plan was for Adam to reflect God into creation and We were created in God's image to be able to do that very thing. And so the Lord God put the man in the garden to work and take care of it. So God gave work as a means of stewardship and partnership with God to care for all of creation. And it was God's intent and desire to be connected in all of the work that Adam did. I want you to know that as we continue to look in Scripture, the expectation of work is embedded in the Bible for all of us. And that expectation comes even in the great, uh, the Ten Commandments that God gave to all people. And in the Ten Commandments, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 10, hear what it says. Remember, the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Whenever we read this passage of Scripture, we read it through that lens, right? We read it through rest and Sabbath. But hear what I say. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. We sometimes miss the clear message of God 
that we are called to be people who are not just meant to be idle and do nothing, but God created us to labor. And God created us to work. God created people for acts of service, for his glory. And so we read here, and we read about the Sabbath. But if we we look at that through the lens of rest and renewal, but on the flip side of that, there is a clear message of expectation that we do work. And so, because God has given us the ability to do all that we do, we ought to be good stewards of the work that we do. And so, that's the first part of my message for you today. What do you find yourself to be doing? What, what is your, your vocation? Is God included in your vocation, in what you do and where you go to do that work? That's important for us to remember that that was God's plan for Adam in the beginning. And while we're not caring for the garden anymore, whatever it is that we find ourselves doing, God's expectation is that he join us in doing that. That is our part in allowing God to be a part of of this stewardship of service and work and labor for the Lord. Now, some of you are looking up here and going, Ah, Pastor Gordon, that's easy for you to say. You're a pastor. Everything you do is for God, right? And, um, yeah, true. I mean, the work that I do now, I do, you know, for the church and in preparation for what God is calling us to do. But, but I want you to know it's not always been that way for me. And before I became a pastor, you know, I, 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 I uh, worked in, in restaurants and in kitchens. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But what I want to do now is, is just give you three practical ways that we can invite God to be a part of our lives in the work that we do so that we can offer our lives and our work as a, a stewardship to God. We can be stewards of the very things that we do. And so the first thing is, I mentioned this just a moment ago, the first way we can do that is, number one, let the light of Jesus shine through you while you're at work. When you're, when you're at work, to, to be the, be the person you are here today when you go to your workplace. And I want you to know that I know it's not always easy to be a witness of where you work. Like I said, I worked as a chef in um, many different kitchens. After I graduated from high school, I got a degree in culinary arts and started working in hotels and restaurants in Waikiki. And then before I came to Point Loma, I moved to San Diego. I worked at Torrey Pines Lodge, and then at George's at the Cove here in La Jolla. And then I worked in the cafeteria over at Point Loma as well, too, as a, as a cook. And um, if you've never... Any, anybody worked in the, in the kitchen before in food service? Raise your hand. I see. Okay, good. Then you will know when I say this to be true. The kitchen in restaurants is a very dark place. It is. If you've never worked in the kitchen before, you may not know this, but, uh, but <laughs> there's not a lot of Jesus in the kitchens <laughs> around San Diego. Um, in the kitchen, there's a lot of yelling and cussing 
And there's a lot of sharp knives everywhere. <laughs> so you want to be careful um, when you're working in the kitchen. And you know what I have found? That instead of trying to fit in, which so many people try to do at their workplace, to be accepted, instead of fitting in, when I have taken the light of Jesus into these dark places, even a tiny flicker will shine so brightly. That's true. In these kitchens where I have worked, and I've chosen not to engage in the conversations and use the words that they do, and, and, and not to, to, after work, to go to the places where the people all went to have a good time. And, and, and so you stick out without even having to say the name Jesus one time at all just by how you live, allowing the light of Jesus to shine through you, people notice. And you know what happens uh, when light shines, right? Things are attracted to, to the light. And people will come, and they will say, Hey, Gordon, what's up? Why don't you come with us after work? Or why don't I never hear you cuss? <laughs> I said, You never play golf with me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I, I hope you guys know that's a joke. <laughs> I, I've golfed with many people in the church before, and you can ask them. I don't cuss when I golf. <laughs> or in the kitchens. <laughs> Gordon, why don't you, I don't hear you cussing. And those are the great opportunities that I have had to tell people about my faith. Because they're inquiring. And I get to share, oh yeah, for sure. And then, another thing that light allows you to do is that when people come, are attracted to the light of Jesus in your life, oftentimes, and you might have found this to be true in your life, they will share their life experiences and stories with you, and especially the hardships and the tragedies of life. If you're a believer, have you had people, you guys probably, you know, hey, and, and because we're people of faith, we will offer prayer for them, right? And that's an amazing, amazing opportunity for us to be a witness, to be good stewards of where we work, is to allow the light of Jesus to shine through us and allow Jesus to make a difference in our lives. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Take that light everywhere you go even in the dark workplaces that maybe where you at. And then in verse 16, it says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. <laughs> we have this light, not so we can put it under a bushel or put it under a cup or anything to hide it. Jesus puts that light in our hearts and in our lives so that we can uncover it and shine brightly. And so, the first thing is, let's do that well. Let's shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go. The second thing is, maybe you can do this, and turn your workplace into a mission field. 
Nobody in the kitchens that I worked at except for one did I find another believer <laughs> that, that believed in Jesus and served him. Because it's such a dark place. People don't grow up saying, oh, I want to work in the kitchen so I can draw closer to the Lord. That just doesn't happen. But you have to sometimes because of the kind of place that it is. And I began to look at the workplaces that I have as mission fields for the Lord. And that is that when I let my light shine and people are attracted to the light of Jesus, and they say, you don't smoke and you don't drink and you don't do all these things that come with us, what's up with you? And I say, well, it's because I believe in Jesus. And, and he calls me to a different life. And, uh, and, and, and then people will come and say, hey, man, what, what do I do in these situations? And we pray for people, right? And then, you know this prayer card that, that we have that we put in your bulletin? Put the people of, that you work with on those prayer cards. That's what, that's what it's for. Because you've already let your light shine. And, and you can pray for the people who you work with. And imagine that more and more of the people that you work alongside, that you pray for by name, find a place like this where the gospel is preached and they can find the saving grace of Jesus for their own lives. How exciting is that, right? Can I get an amen in that? Anybody excited about that? I sure am. And, I, and that's another way that we, the, the very practical way that we can be good stewards of our work to include God because that's what he wants to do. He created us to work so that we can bring him into these places of our lives to let the light of Jesus shine and look at these places as a mission field. And then the third very practical thing you can do is to honor God with your work. And what I mean by that is to be the best person that does what you do at work for the glory of God. Right? Because when, when you work hard, when, when you learn the things that you're supposed to do and you excel at doing it, people will look to you. you you'll probably get, get promoted. And when you do... That, that just shows the character of the people of God. That, that the things that we do, we do for Him. And Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And you know, sometimes you might not even enjoy your job. But if we do it as a service to God, if we, the work that we do, if, if even, it might be a stepping stone to a better job set. So you've got to do this for now. Well, do it as if you were doing it for the Lord. And that changes your heart and your attitude. And even the things like, ah, oh, that's not my favorite thing to do. You can do it because you're serving the Lord. But in the same breath, can I just share one more thing about work that's so important to say that I don't want to miss this. And that is to have the right relationship with work. I view a lot of things through the lens of relationship. Because we have relationships with, with all kinds of things, even our work, believe it or not. And some people have a very unhealthy relationship with their work. They allow the work that they do to become their Lord. 
Because they are no longer in control of the work that they do. When the work controls you, then you're not in control of your work. See, whatever it is in life, when it becomes an idol to you, when that takes precedence over what God would have for you, when you're not in control, then whatever it is controls you. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not, it's so that when you love the money so much, you don't control it anymore. It controls you. You don't want that. Whatever issue, problem, challenge that people have in life, you, you can, for the most part, turn it back to what is this thing, that, this idolatry that's happening? And this idolatry is that whatever this thing is, <laughs> I become a servant to it. Instead of, it serves my purpose or the purpose of God. That's why lordship of who Jesus is in our lives is so important. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. And so that's the goal of every believer in this room, that we would live our lives in the right relationship with God, because above him there is nothing, not even our work, and we have the right relationship with the work that we do. That it doesn't lord us, because that's what we allow Jesus to do. We make sure that the work that we have, we are good stewards of it. That's the message today, right? The stewardship of service. Because for most of our jobs, including mine right here, Someone was here before me. And when God is done with me here, someone will come after me, just like your job. And so the time that God gives me to be here, I'm going to use it for his glory. And that is the stewardship of labor, the stewardship of work, and the stewardship of service in right relationship with what I do and what you do. We are stewards of the roles that God has given us to do. That's why whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And I understand another thing. Some of us may be entrepreneurs. Some of us may be, may be um, business owners. And I kind of look at it in my own life when I planted my church in Hawaii. I was the, the, the founding pastor. I looked at the bridge church as my church. But we also have to remember something about the things that we create ourselves, right? That if you have any kind of measure of success in your business as an entrepreneur, even as a pastor, a church planter, it's easy to enjoy all of the accolades and think that, that I've deserved all these things because I've accomplished these great things. But in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, when the people of God came through the desert for 40 years and they found the promised land and they began to, to thrive in this new place and they felt like, man, we've come through such hard times and look at us now. We're thriving. We're doing great. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, there's this great reminder. The people would say, My power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But here's the reminder. Remember the Lord your God, for it was He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. 
That is the message of biblical stewardship. It's not that I'm going to be a steward of what I have. Everything I have comes from God. And we're called to be good stewards of that. Reflect the light of Jesus in your workplace. Let Jesus' light shine brightly. Turn your workplace into a mission field. May the light of Jesus, when it's shining on you, when it's flickering in your heart and people come to you, be Jesus to them. Pray for them. Find ways to build bridges for them to know Jesus. And then honor God with your work. Be the best person that you can be at work. Excel and succeed. And remember through it all that with God has given you the ability to do all that you do, all for his glory. That is the stewardship of labor and work. But I wanted to transition here to also share a message of another aspect of the stewardship that we're talking about. And this is the stewardship of service. This is a, 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 the, the, the real heart of the message that I want to share with you. The stewardship of service also includes our service to God right here. Right here in this church where the people of God gather together. There's biblical stewardship that needs to take place right here to care for and educate and serve the people of God right here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it references the church as the body of Christ, right? You're the body of Christ. And everyone is a part of it. That's what the Bible says. And you, you, you're probably just looking up here as I'm looking at you and you see my body. I'm sorry. <laughs> but every part of my body is used and works together for what the head desires. Whatever I'm thinking and doing, the things that I have prepared, all of it, 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 my body works so that it can do the work of what my head tells it to do. And that's the same for the church. Christ is the head of the church. And everything the head calls the body to do is the service of the church to do for Jesus. Amen? You all understand that, right? There's not a thing on my body that goes to waste. Everything, everything my body does it's so that it can do the work that the head calls it to do. And the things you cannot see are the most important ones, right? My lungs that breathe, my heart that beats, everything, my, my I don't know anatomy and physiology that well. I'm a pastor. I just know about my heart and my lungs. <laughs> and as the body of Christ, there are arms and feet and fingers and toes. There's the mouth and the ears, but there's also the heart and the lungs and the nervous system and all the other parts of the body. And every single part is important. No part of my body is unimportant. Even my, even, <laughs> even my fat is important. It, it gives me energy when I don't have food. And so it is my sincere conviction 
as your pastor that every single person who calls Mission Church their home has a part to play in the body of Christ. Every single person has a part to play in the body of Christ. And if you are a part of this body, you're important to us here. So, I want you to know that there, there is a place of ministry for every single person that is here today. Because when we find ourselves in the community of the body of Christ, serving others, we, you know what we get a chance to do? We get a chance to build relationships with the people we work alongside. And to me, and if you're anything like me, that is one of the most fulfilling things that I get to do as the pastor of this church. When I look out into the church and I see all of you here and I know almost everybody and I think about the opportunities that I have had to work alongside you where we build the relationship that we have, it has been some of the the funnest times of, of being a believer of Jesus in my life. I look across the room, and, 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 and many of you haven't, maybe haven't had a chance to work together with me, but think about the times you work with other people and the relationships that you have built with the people that you serve alongside, and what a joy that is to serve God in this really beautiful way. I want to tell you a couple stories that just blessed me about serving with joy in the body of Christ. I'm kind of sad because the people that I'm going to talk about now aren't here. <laughs> um, I was looking for them in the church. But some of you guys know uh, Jeff Allen, tall, kind of handsome guy. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff, I'm making fun of you. Jeff called me on the Saturday where the, the tropical storm or Hurricane Hillary was blasting into San Diego. It didn't turn into much, but... We never knew, right? And so he calls me and he says, Hey, Gordon, um, do you need any help cleaning out your gutters? Because the last thing I want is my pastor's house to flood. And I said, Thank you, Jeff. I already checked my gutters and I'm good. Thank you, though. And he goes, Okay, I'm going to call the other pastors and make sure that everybody's good. So Jeff calls the others. I don't know if the other people on staff got a call from Jeff Allen, but I know Paul Slater did. And Jeff calls Paul, and Paul says, actually, Jeff, um, my gutters are, could do some cleaning. And I looked across the, the way here, my neighbor, she has plants growing out of her gutter. Would you mind coming? So Jeff brought his daughter, Kenzie, and his son, Cooper, and the three of them went to Paul's house and cleaned Paul's gutters. And then they went to Paul's neighbors and cleaned their gutters. Well, just about the time as Jeff was doing that, I realized my house is good, but God's house here needs help. And uh, right behind uh, this way, (laughs) there's a hill behind our church. And on the top of the hill, there's a ridge line. And on that ridge line is a a cement um, ditch, swale, all kinds. You can call it whatever you want but it drains the water coming off the hill. And we hadn't checked it in a long time. And before I became the pastor here, this place would flood 
all the time. I've heard the stories. In fact, I've seen video of water crashing down this hill, coming into all of our buildings and the sanctuary. So I was like, oh my goodness. So I drove here on Saturday morning, and I, I walked up the trench, and sure enough, thick and full of debris and branches and, and leaves. And I said, if this becomes a huge rain event, all this will back up the, the drain and the water will flood into the church. So our, our wonderful custodian, George, was here. I said, George, let's clean this out together. And, and we got shovels and we got a blower and we just cleaned the whole thing. And, I, and as I was shoveling and sweating, I was like, oh, Jeff Allen. <laughs> hey, Jeff, where are you at? And he says, I'm over at Paul's house. I said, okay. He says, what do you need? I'm like, well, I'm cleaning out the trench behind the church. And if you're done there, come help me. So he finished at Paul's, and then he came over. And Jeff and Kenzie and Cooper, we not only cleaned our trench, but there's an adjacent one on the side of Junior Achievement that was even thicker with debris. And that's the one that floods. So Jeff and I and Kenzie and Cooper and George, we were snapping branches, chucking debris, and we cleared it all out. And I was thinking about that. And I said, you know what that is? That's the stewardship of service for the church. We, we didn't, Jeff didn't do things here in the service. He didn't do anything in the sanctuary. He, he went to Paul's house just down the street. And he served Paul and Paul's neighbor. And then he came here and did work outside. And I thought to myself, wow, what a great example giving your life to bless others. And then the fun that we had. Cooper and Kenzie, we were laughing and, and chopping branches the whole time. And that's, that's the joy of serving together. And so uh, the, the Allens, so grateful for them. And the, the, the last thing I thought about that was the discipleship aspect of it. Parents, oh, Cooper and Kenzie will grow up remembering that one thing. And when the next storm comes up, as Cooper and Kenzie are adults, they'll grab their children, hopefully, and call the pastor and the staff of the church and say, hey, I was wondering, do you need help? Because when I was a kid, my dad did this with me, and we had so much fun. <laughs> it's amazing. So... We get the great privilege to partner with God, to serve the community here together, to build dynamic relationships over cooking together when we're in the kitchen or working together in the nursery or worshiping together or chopping branches and sweeping leaves together. What a joy that is. But I also want to tell you that as your pastor, one of the things that I, I understand completely, having been a pastor for over 20 years, is this. That when I serve, you know what I, that brings me the greatest joy? And I've seen it in the lives of the people in the churches where I've been. Is that when I see people serving the Lord in the area where they're impassioned with and where they do really good work. You know, if, 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 if there's something that I really enjoy and I love doing it, and then I get the chance to do it in the church 
for the glory of God, to build relationships with others and bless other people, that takes people from where they're at, just attending the church, to becoming people who are deeply engaged in the church. And that's where you fall in love with the church. And I've seen that happen again and again and again. And so one of the things that we do here at Mission Church over the summer months, we're finishing it up now, but we do this crazy thing called Mission University where we offer classes and we ask people, what's your passion? Would you share that with the church? And so Steve Gilbert and Steve Horrocks, their passion is surfing. And so we'll do, and Jesus, we'll, we'll do Bibles, beaches, and boards. And all summer long, these two guys go to the beach, invite the people of the church to come, and Steve does a Bible study. And I love it. He's just thumping his Bible the whole time. And then they say, come, I'll teach you how to surf. And they have disciples now. I'm looking at Tate right now. <laughs> he went there, and now Tate's a shredder. He shreds surfing. And you know what? They love it because that's their passion. And they've fallen in love with the church because they get to do what they love to do so much. You know what else we have? We have a hand knitting class. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but Charlene does. And she loves it. And she gets to share her passion. And Tanya Lehman gets to share her passion doing improv. And Wanda gets the passion, gets to share her passion for hula, which we will all enjoy next Sunday. And Wanda walked by my office this past week, and uh, she came in to talk to me about something. And then I asked her, hey, Wanda, how are you guys doing? Are you ready for Ohana Sunday? And she's just lit up. Oh, the kids, Gordon, you're going to love what they do. And, oh, and just the passion, right? You know why? <laughs> because her passion gets so, it is so, she gets to share that with the people of the church. And you know now what, you know what, you know what Wanda said? Pastor Gordon, the, the ladies, they, they want to continue the class even past Ohana Sunday. I said, great. That's exactly what, what Charlene's class wants to do for hand knitting. Leanne Downing sent me a text. Pastor, is it okay that we continue our hand knitting? I'm like, of course. They're still going surfing. You know, when you get to serve in the area of your passion, man, what's, what could be better, right? What's your passion? Where, where, where can we find a place to partner with you and God in this church? Because my sincere conviction is that every single person is a part of the body of Christ and we get the great privilege to partner with God to share the passion of our lives to bless the church. What's your passion? What would you, what, what, if you said, I could, Pastor, if I could just do this one thing, I'd love to do this. What is it? We want to see if there's a place for that in the church. Now, granted, not every passion can be fulfilled in the life of our church. You guys know my passion for golf, right? I, I try to fit it in. <laughs> but 
But if there is a passion that you want to serve, that, 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 that you have, man, it would be so great to see you thrive in this church. Because you get to do what you do well. You get to do what you love to do. And you get to do it for God and for his people. And may you have the heart of the prophet Isaiah. When God asks, who will I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, hear my Lord. Send me. Send me. Let me be the one. I want to be this for you, Lord. So in your bulletin today, you will find this. It says, stewardship of service and the serving opportunities at Mission Church. There's a QR code. You can snap the QR code and this very thing will pop up and it'll give you all the different areas of service in the life of our church. Today, I hope that every single one of you either fill this out here at church, just check a couple of boxes and put your name on it and take it over to the info center and drop it off or you snap the QR code and fill it out online and find a place of service. Because I tell you, that it is the most fulfilling thing that you can do is to give service to God and to others in the life of this church. To find the great joy of serving God and others. And in that, I close with reading for you Psalm 100. And hear the word of the Lord today. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with jubilation. Oh, that's what my prayer is for all of us. Come before him with rejoicing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him Bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. This is the word of God for us today. Bow your heads with me, I pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the invitation you give to each of us to partner with you in ministry, in labor, in work, and in service for you, whether we're at the place of our vocation or the place of worship. Father in heaven, may the light of Jesus shine in us through and through. I pray that you find us here at Mission Church to be faithful stewards for your kingdom in all that we are, in all that we do. May our lives honor and glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.